Hey guys, this is James. And Greg. We're the co-hosts of the Sports Dance Podcast, a weekly podcast recapping all the news, sports, daily fantasy, and anything else you can want to know in the sports world. If you like blazing hot sports takes, you like a little bit of humor, maybe a little bit of murder. No, just kidding. All sports. But follow us, uh, Greg. On Twitter at SportsStands underscore. You can follow James at SportsStandsJ. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, we got it all. At Boom. the SportsStands. And, you know, just check us out. You're going to love what we bring to the table. Every single week, hot takes, nothing less. The Sports Stance. Hey guys, welcome to the Sports Days Podcast with Greg and James. I'm the second part, and with me, as always, he got snubbed for the Grammys again this year. It's Greg Cowan, everybody. What's happening, baby? I think it's because uh, I always go on stage and just yell about who else won. Uh, doesn't matter what category. It could be uh, country. It could be bluegrass. I, I'm just never happy with what they do, so they're not happy with me. We have this back and forth. Uh, I missed a great show, though, James. I decided just to not even go, because what's the point? They don't recognize my greatness, my genius. Uh, so I'm just going to ignore them. I don't blame you. Um, you know, I, I think that it was a weird choice for you when you decided to go full on disco album in 2017. Um, I love the Afro first of all, uh, but I, it, it was an interesting choice and I respect the artistic freedom, Greg, but I can kind of see where the Grammy's coming from here. Well, I mean, I did take that three year hiatus cause I had to grow that thing out and I really thought I was going to hit with the people and connect with, uh, you know, a certain generation. And they were going to kind of view me in a new light and just didn't happen. I, I, I don't know what wrong. I really don't. Yeah, man. Well, hey, I mean, I think that uh, we should be we should be boycotting the Grammys. Uh, and I'm going to take to Twitter and do it. Actually, just kidding. I never tweet. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That's my job. That's my job. It's a sore spot for us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, man. This is awesome. We have a lot to talk about, Greg. And we're going to be talking about the NBA. Oh, you're excited. Oh! I you were super excited for that. Yeah, baby. We're starting with the association this week. Oh, I'm so excited. We're going to be talking about b-ball. We're going to be talking about the All-Star game. Uh, we're going to be talking about some of the, the drama that's happening in these around the association. Drama, drama, drama. Yeah, drama league. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, and we're also going to have – you're going to debut a new segment for us later on in the, uh, in the program. And uh, you've got music cues and everything, and you're very excited about it. I am. I like to add a little pizzazz to the show, James. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. Greg, uh, Greg came in, uh, you know, real hot this morning, and it's like I got, I got cues. I got, I got a new segment. I got everything. So uh, I mean, it's a big day. Giddy might be the proper word to use. <laughs> giddy. So, someone misses football already. But before we get into that, before we touch on all of the happenings uh, in the sports world, Greg, how you doing, man? What's I'm new? Doing pretty good. Uh, no, not too much is new. Uh. Just try, just trying new things in life, James. You know, put myself out there, trying to meet new people in the sports world, and it's it's not going fantastic. What do you mean by that? I'm nobody wants to talk to me. I got a few responses back. It's cool. So you know, we have a few people really, really connect with us. But you know, I wanna I wanna get like Adam Schefter on the show one day, and Schefter's just ignoring me. I think he blocked me actually. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, maybe try uh, Schefter seems a little, little uptight. Try, uh, try Rappaport. Uh, Rapport's yeah. taken over the NFL Insider, man. Yeah, well, I mean, Schefter now has moved on to NBA sideline reporting. I saw that. That's weird. Yeah, it is weird. 
It was. I uh, it, it didn't look comfortable. It didn't look right. He showed up like four hours before anybody else was even there because he's used to the NFL times, and he just looked like an idiot. It really is kind of like a dead time in the NFL if you can somehow convince Adam Schefter to go to an NBA game and do a sideline reporting gig. But I mean, hey, what, what are you gonna do, right? Yeah, we're Tom in that Brady's like probably two, off in Brazil somewhere. Yeah, we're in that two week span where there's just like speculation on everything. Yeah, the only the only news is that the Patriots have a bunch of trademarks that they already went for uh, next year. Did you hear about this? Yeah, uh, blitz for six. Like, come on. Do you have to do you have to do it like right after you won this fifth Super Bowl? Like, yeah, you, you could do. have waited. You couldn't have waited at all. No, no, no. Season that you know the like Belichick said they're already five weeks behind the rest of the team for the uh, 2017 season. It's exciting. Yeah. Also, what's with like <laughs> is Belichick like planning to retire soon? He seems to be like making the rounds, doing things that make him seem likable. I don't get it. He went to Pebble Beach Pro Am, and you know apparently had the biggest crowd following him. Like, who is this guy? What has he done with Bill Belichick? It's We're weird. on a redemption tour, Greg. We're on our redemption tour. You mean when when the entirety of the sports world who hates you uh, has to openly acknowledge that you are probably the greatest coach, quarterback, team, organization, franchise, owner to ever live. Um, I mean, it's that yeah, life's good. Life's good. Yeah. I think we were going to talk about the NBA, weren't we, James? Yeah, I think it's... I think we're going to talk about the NBA. Somehow, somehow your, uh, my pleasantries to you turned into bragging about the Patriots. Yeah, uh, but what about you? How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, watch the Grammys this weekend. Um, my boy Chance, Chance the Rapper, crushing it. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, won Best New Artist and Best uh, Rap Album, which were both uh, pretty cool. He beat out Kanye for Best Rap Album and Drake and a bunch of others. I mean, it was a good, it was a good year for, for hip-hop. Um, you know, the Grammys were, were pretty tough because, uh, you know, it's got some backlash because of Bill beating Beyonce. And, you know, a lot of the a lot of the records that were kind of huge this year weren't even kind of considered like Frank Ocean didn't didn't submit his record. Drake and Kanye and Justin Bieber didn't go and they had some of the biggest records of the year. So a lot of questions surrounding the Grammys as to what they, what they really mean. But I thought it was an entertaining show. Yeah, I, I like the show. Uh, I didn't mind James Corden as the host. He, uh, I think, held his own. Um, as I'm always, not a though, James Corden fan. What do you really? think? Uh, yeah, I'm, just enjoy, not, I'm not big on him. I enjoy certain things that he does. Uh, I like when he gets into his element where it is music and everything because that's kind of where he came from. So when he gets into that, the carpool karaoke, except, oh, Neil Diamond, I felt so bad for. Nobody, <laughs> nobody knew Sweet Caroline that was doing that with them. I guess like, not, man. Even like Jennifer Lopez. A little, a little discouraging. Yeah, I mean, hey, it is what it is, man. Sweet. It's like John Legend. Take it away, and John Legend's just like, huh, 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 huh. yeah. I don't really, I don't really know why Neil Diamond was there, and that's, I don't know. James Corden to me feels like an off-brand Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> just well, yeah, to be totally honest with you, fat British version. Yeah, and it's like I don't know. Like if I want, I, am I, I, my late night shows, I usually tend to skew towards people who are a little bit more cynical and a little bit more kind of biting. So I like. I like Colbert, I like Kimmel, I like, uh, you know, even Seth Meyers. Uh, and then say, when, there's a clear difference between late night host right now. Yeah, exactly. And then when, it, But then I like, uh, you know, every once in a while, I'll throw on Fallon if I want something a little bit lighter, a little bit more fun. Um, and that's kind of my fix for that. I don't really, I don't really care for James Gordon too much. Yeah, I, just, I basically, if I watch him at all, it's basically if I know there's going to be a carpool karaoke because sometimes they're like really enjoyable. Like his Bruno <sighs> Mars one was this... Uh, I got a kick out of, but also Bruno uh, well, Mars Bruno just Mars killed the no game at the Grammys. 
Yeah, dude, that was a great. So we, they did. Um, they did. Uh, that's what I like, or whatever the song was. Consummate performer, and then he crushed his Prince tribute. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that too. He, I mean, it was like Prince just miniaturized even more somehow because Bruno Mars, I think, is smaller. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bruno Mars. Uh, I'm a, I'm a big Bruno Mars guy, so uh, you know, I'm I'm all about it, and I think that he he brought it for that for the Grammys. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed his uh during his first performance when he liked to start doing like the breakdown. It's just like I see you ladies wearing those dresses. I see the tags. It's cool though. You want options. I was just like, man, only he could get away with that. Like nobody else could just casually say that, and everybody be like, ah, Bruno. Yeah. Also, uh, I uh, the young Pope finished up uh, this week as well, so it, it was a big week for me, Greg. It was a yeah. big week. What are you gonna What are you gonna do now? Like, you gotta find another show that you can talk to me about that I don't still get to see at all. I know, man. I'm I'm out on a limb here. I don't know. I gotta find something. I'm like reading right now. I'm reading a book. It's it's. Oh, uh, it's yeah, I know. I'm in a dark place. I gotta figure something out. When books get involved, things are going south. It's not good. So I'll uh, I'll come back. I'll I'll do some scouting and I'll report back to you next week. Like check out Taboo or something like that. I've heard those shows are good. I know. I should get into Taboo. I'm a Tom Hardy guy too, so I think that's a uh, that's a good choice. All right, let's before we get too further off the rails here. I, we really don't have much to talk about, so I guess who cares, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, basically... we, got, we got two main sports to go on right now. Let's cause... predict the All Star Game. No, uh, <laughs> um, there is a lot happening in the association right now, and I think that we should talk about all of it. And I think the first thing that we want to talk about, because we hadn't had a chance to since, um, you know, since it happened, was the Kevin Durant Russell Westbrook. Uh, showdown that happened over the weekend. Katie's um, return to OKC. Yeah, Durant came into Oklahoma City for the first time uh, since leaving for the Warriors. They played. Um, they played each other once before, but it was in Golden State uh, or is in Oakland, so it didn't totally matter. Both times in Golden State. I was trying to figure out how that happened. I think that's just. I don't know. The schedule's weird like that sometimes. Yeah. Like it, it's just odd. But anyway, so they he, he returned for his first time, and the Warriors blew out. The Thunder. I mean, it wasn't even all that close. And there were some interesting parts in it, Greg. But uh, what did you think about KD's return to his old stomping ground? Uh, first, I thought it was amazing that somebody remembered that KD was called a cupcake at one point. So they did the whole everybody gets a cupcake shirt. I don't think he was called a cupcake. That was the thing. So I guess it was just a, it was a... It was a pejorative term that they used. Hey, SAT word of the week. Um, it was a pejorative term that they used, as, you know, as a team for other people. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't something that KD KD wasn't called a cupcake originally. It was Oklahoma City called other people cupcakes. So they they kind of they kind of like turned it around and used it on him because he was part of the you know part of the thing. So that's why they called him a cupcake, I guess. Uh, all right, professor. But. Okay, well, <laughs> using, let's using let's not words. let's not let's not sit there and be like Katie was once called a cupcake. Like I don't think that anybody besides that one crowd <laughs> is called Katie a cupcake. Uh, but no, I uh, I thought the best, the weirdest thing about it was like the reaction he had to the fans compared to like how his mom thought it went. So he was like, I thought it was gonna be louder, and it was gonna be like worse. And his mom was like, it was unbelievable. I can't believe the terrible things they were shouting and saying, and how loud they were and mean to my son. And I was like, all right, is Katie trying to like put on like a good facade? And yes, yeah, I had no big words too. And make it seem like it didn't really bother him. Or did it actually bother him? And his mom's really just kind of speaking on probably how he also felt. Well, Katie, uh, Katie had a, um, 
an appearance on the Bill Simmons podcast um, last week before the game, and just his general attitude is is pretty uh, is pretty angry. <laughs> I mean, he's uh, it was a, it was a really cool interview because like he you know he he just got a, he does have a chip on his shoulder. And um, I don't know if the if the crowd bothered him as much. I think that he's just always going to have that chip on his shoulder and really, uh, you know, I don't think that there's anything that can be done about it. But I thought that they were, I thought that they were a little harsh. I mean, I guess I'd be pissed off as well. Yeah, I mean, it's basically the equivalent of when LeBron left Cleveland. It's just he didn't do a whole show to make it even worse. But when you come out, you've been he was what with the Thunder for like nine years, eight yeah. years, something like that. When you come out years before that, like every year being like, this is where I'm going to play in my career. Uh, these super teams are ridiculous. You should never have to go to a super team to win a championship. Like he what? said so much stuff leading up to this past summer's exactly decision. That, See, that's the thing. I don't know if he said exactly that. Like he, he tweeted it out. Yeah. Like they had yeah, the tweets. Yeah. Somebody actually printed out all those different tweets and held them up as signs at the game because yeah. they want to remind him, hey, Remember, like when you completely lied to our faces and made it seem like you were actually a good person and weren't going to leave us and strand us? Because now, let's be honest, Russell Westbrook's probably not going to hang around much longer. I don't know. I mean, he, he signed an extension. Yeah, but isn't no, no, he only signed for this year. I think it's an option for next year. I'm pretty sure he signed an extension. Um, I have to double check there. Yeah, uh, I thought um, it was like something on the table, but I don't know. Because they were talking about him and Anthony Davis going to the Lakers like next year or something. It's not going to happen next year uh, unless he's got a player option. But um, let me just quickly see it's here. Russell Westbrook. Yeah. yeah, in August he signed an extension um, with the with the Thunder. How many years? Um, hold on, I got to make sure that this doesn't. The team did not disclose the terms of the deal, but it should be. He's gonna. He's making. 85 million over the next three years. All right. It does include a player option after the 2017-2018 season. Uh, so maybe it was in the 2018 year that they were saying that could happen. That might make more sense. Yeah, so in 2018-2019, he could potentially go to the Lakers. And, I mean, that's a real possibility. I mean, that that's, there's definitely no doubt about that, especially because the team is, what, the seventh seed right now? Yeah, they're, uh, they're seventh seed. And, I mean, let's be honest, the eighth seed and below in the West is going to be a team that's under 500. Here's my Here's my take. I think that there's two sides to each story, right? So you have Kevin Durant, who, if you if you break it down, anytime like a if you're a 27, 28 year old guy, uh, and you make a career change or, or, or like a company change, you know nobody gives a shit, you know for the most part, unless maybe that company might give a shit if you were really kind of a rising star and you went to another company. They'd be pissed off, but no one else would care. It just so happens that we have a lot more emotionally invested in what these people do because they're sports teams, yeah. right? So if you if you look at it in a vacuum, it's a 28-year-old guy who's trying to figure out the best place for him to live and to work and to have a good experience. And maybe that's not Oklahoma City. If I was a 28-year-old, multi-million dollar, you know, African-American basketball player, I don't know if I would want to spend the majority of my time in Oklahoma. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, let's just throw ahead. Let's, let's throw that out there real quick. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's the first thing. I think that from his perspective, that's kind of how he views it. And I think he's reiterated that on the podcast. That was one of the, that was one of the uh, points that him and his agent made when he was on Bill Simmons' podcast. 
On the other hand, he really took the chances of Oklahoma City wearing a, uh, winning a title away from that franchise. Yeah. Like, there is no chance right now that they have to win a title currently. None. None. No, none at all. And, and, and the only chance that they had was by teaming those two together. There is no... There's no discernible way for Oklahoma City to get to any sort of way of title contention right now because they're not going to land a free agent. There, I, I think that their management situation, you know, is not fantastic. I mean, I, you say what you will about Sam Presti. I think that he's done a decent job with with, it, with the hand that he was dealt. But you know, it was the owners that brought the team from Seattle to Oklahoma. Um, you know, the management as a whole, I mean, you're not going to, Oklahoma City's not going to land a big time free agent either in, in, unless they do a trade and they don't have the assets to do a big trade right now. So no. disguised under all of this, uh, all of the amazing things that Westbrook has done this year uh, in terms of, you know, the, his, before, his individual performance, I think that that's kind of distracting from the fact that Oklahoma City really has no way out from that dreaded middle that NBA teams don't want to be in. If you're an NBA team, you don't want to be in the middle. You want to be towards the top to compete for a championship, or do you want to be towards the bottom to compete for a Exactly. And and Kevin Durant single-handedly put them in the middle, and I think that the fans are reacting that way. So I I get it from both sides here. Um, And if it was someone, like, if if that happened to me, you know, I booed Johnny Damon (laughs) when he left for the Yankees. (laughs) And he's not even even half the player that Kevin Durant is. You know what I mean? We did it with Jacoby Ellsbury. We did it with all those guys I've ever left, our beloved franchises. But... So I get it, but I think I think that this is uh, I think that frustration should be felt on both sides. Like Kevin Durant's under a microscope, and he's going always going to be because he's a professional basketball player. And the uh, and the Thunder really lost a chance at anything, uh, you know. And they and if they want to compete, you know, they they might have to kind of you know think about tanking, um, which you know they never will. But uh, you know, so I, I kind of get it. But it was an interesting performance. Uh, it was an interesting reaction, nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, best way I could probably actually think about how those fans feel is if, in, in our terms, if uh, David Ortiz left for, like, the Yankees. That's what would be the equivalent for us. Yeah, uh, right after we, like, just lost the ALCS or something like that. Yeah, to, the, like, the Yankees, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I get it. I get it, I get it. And, it, they don't, you know, again, Oklahoma City does not have much going for it besides the Thunder, so I would, I would you know, they're still a good crowd, but, yeah. Uh, yeah the game was pretty lopsided. What's that? Oh, yeah. I said, yeah, I can understand this fan's frustration in that game was completely lopsided. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's pretty clear who the better team was in that situation. Um, I liked, I wanted to know what the jarring was in the middle when uh, they got talking at one point for, like, a split few seconds because it seemed heated. But outside, yeah. of Russ, outside of people being able to make out Russ going, I'm coming, I'm coming. And yeah. Kerr being a genius and putting Durant on him to guard him, knowing fully well uh, Westbrook's ego couldn't resist trying to take advantage of that. Yeah, definitely. It was an it was an interesting interesting uh, night here. Okay, in the East, uh, we have another big story here. The uh, Kevin Love uh, is going to be out for was it six weeks? Yeah, six weeks. They say is is their estimate. So we know playoffs start in eight weeks. Question is, can Cavs keep that number one seed, or are they going to maybe drop a spot or two? Maybe the Celtics get good over them, and maybe even Washington because they've been hot. This is the thing, man. The East as a whole has been really hot recently. So the in their last ten, the Cavs are eight and two, the Celtics are eight and two, and the Wizards are nine and one. 
in in fact, that's much harder than any uh, those those top three are harder than any other um, kind of cluster. The top three in the East are harder than any other cluster um, in basketball right now. Um, so it's pretty cool. So uh, the you know the the Celtics you know are only three games out from that top spot. The Wizards are only five games out, and the Raptors in the four spot are only seven games out. Um, so I think that we're gonna we might see some some real shuffling here in the Eastern Conference and what what really was looking like a foregone conclusion when we started the season is starting to be kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean I don't know. What are your thoughts? Do you think love being gone affects the Cavs and their uh, spot at the top going in, going throughout into the playoffs or at least close to the playoffs before he comes back? Well, so here's the thing, right? So I think that. Um, I think that LeBron James, who has been leading the league almost, or close to the top of the league in minutes per game, uh, needs to cut it back a little bit. I think that for for them to have any chance, he needs to be fully rested, fully 100% ready to go. Um, You know, he's been to six straight finals. You know, and he, and you know, he's just constantly, constantly putting more miles on his body than anyone else in the entire league. It seems mm-hmm. like. Um, so for him to be 100%, he needs to be ready to go. But the problem is, when LeBron sits for any stretch of time, and they don't have Kevin Love, when it's just Kyrie Irving and the pieces that they put around, this is not a team that can really compete with some of the upper echelon teams in the league. Kyle no, Korver has the Cavs from three years ago all over again. Yeah, not, not quite that bad, but like it's still not great. And, like, Kyle Korver helps. You know, he, he had a really great game the other night. He had, like, 25 points in, like, 24 yeah. minutes or something like that. From it, was, beyond it, was, the arc. it was crazy. Um, and Kyle Korver really helps. But they, the, fact, the fact of the matter is that they really need that third superstar in order for them to continue to, um, you know, hold on to that top spot. Are the Celtics going to catch him? I don't know. Are the Wizards going to catch him? I don't know. I mean, that's it, it's – it's kind of up in the air, but I, I think if LeBron does sit for any stretch of time, you might see a shuffling around that top spot. Yeah, I mean, I got to say, I think they can hold on to the number one seed. I think the only positive that comes out of this, if LeBron rests a little bit, is at least getting Corver maybe involved a little more because since he was traded, you know, it's trying to find his way, trying to find his comfort with the team. With Love not there, maybe they incorporate him a little more. He gets more comfortable with the team, gets, you know, kind of in a groove shooting so when Love does come back, you have him and Corver on the outside, both at three-point threats, and that could change how that team plays completely. That's that's a good point. The uh, So the Celtics are kind of hot on their tails. The Wizards, like you said, have been really hot. And the Toronto Raptors, despite being four and six in their last ten, just acquired Serge Ibaka from the Magic for really next to nothing. All they gave up yep. was Terrence Ross and a, and a, and a late, late first-round pick. And that should make things interesting as well. I think that Serge Ibaka is a fantastic player and oh, will fit great. really well with the with the Raptors and their vibe there. So, I mean, I think that there's a real chance that you're going to see a, a bunch of shuffling in the East. Do you think that it's still a foregone conclusion that the Cavaliers will make it out of the East and make it to the uh, make it to the finals? Uh, I do, just because until somebody can prove that they can take the Cavs and dominate them, like the Warriors have done in the finals, if you, that we've seen at least in certain games, but there's no team right now in the East that has shown me that they can handle LeBron for four games, five games, six games, whatever it may be. The series goes at some way, somehow he always seems to find a way to push it. Even if it goes game seven to just get that team worn down, tired where he just has another gear and he takes it to them and comes out. I mean, the Cavs are 
going to go back to the finals for a third straight year, most likely. The only There's only two teams, I think, that could actually stop them, and it's the Celtics, because with Horford now, I think that adds a whole new element to uh, their playoff run. And the Wizards, maybe, but I think it would have to be the Raptors, especially now with Ibaka, because if you're going to stop the Cavs, it's going to be through having big guys on the court because the Cavs do not have any big man outside of Tristan Thomas and Kevin Love that can really do much, especially when it comes to defense. Tristan Thomas is their only big guy defender. So if you get like a Baca and uh, Horford going, it's going to be a hard series for the Cavs to maybe come out of. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I don't think the Celtics are totally there quite yet, even though I'm a huge Celtics believer and I picked them to go to the finals at the beginning of the year. Um, they're kind of right on track with what I thought it would be. I didn't think that Isaiah Thomas was going to be as much of an MVP candidate as he is right now, but yeah. I don't think that they're necessarily there to beat the Cavs. I think that they could make a run and, and get that one seed. Um, you know, I, I think it is in them. Uh, the team's playing really well last night's loss, notwithstanding. By the way, did you see that call? Or did you see that uh, that call on Marcus Smart? I did not. You should watch that. Uh, basically, the referees gave Bulls the game last night. It was the worst call I've seen in a long time. Um, anyways, so yeah, that's hey, what's kind of going on in the Eastern Conference right now. The other thing is that since Kevin Love uh, is out of the All-Star game, um, they need to fill his spot. So uh, Carmelo Anthony got the nod over shocked. Bradley Beal. Um, so shocked. Do you hear the shock is- in my voice, James? Which is big, uh, you know, because Bradley Beal is having a fantastic season. The Wizards are really kind of humming right now because Wall and Beal are actually both healthy and both kind of realizing some sort of potential they had. Um, Carmelo is not is having a fine season, but the Knicks are well below four uh, five hundred and are just kind of you know shrouded in controversy. Um, do you think that it was appropriate for Carmelo Anthony to go to the All-Star game, Greg, rather than Bradley Beal? No, and I mean, it's simple why he went. The NBA needed somebody that was a big name again, a name that people recognize, because for the casual NBA fan, they have no idea who Bradley Beal is. They don't know that he's having a great year for the Wiz, averaging, I think, like around 20, like mid-20s points per game, really coming back from past few seasons with injuries. And he's really helped that Wizards team, you know, get to the point where they are right now. But they won't mellow there. They needed a guy from the Knicks. I mean, the Knicks are a franchise that everybody knows. They need something positive with that franchise, with everything that's been going on with Oakley and Dolan and all of that. So, I mean, I'm not shocked that Melo got chosen over Beal, but it you got to give the guy that's more, you know, deserving the nod in those types of situations. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think that uh, if it's going to be a thing where like the casual fan, I think the casual fan's still going to tune in to watch people like LeBron James. But I think this was a really great opportunity to kind of create a little bit of. Um, I think it was an opportunity to create a little bit more of a buzz going forward in the season because the Wizards are going to be heavily involved. It looks like in the Eastern Conference playoffs. So, you know, I think exposing Bradley Beal right now as a guy to keep an eye out for. Um, would create better storylines going forward. I think most casual fans at least um, could could maybe know, maybe John Wall, maybe, but I think if you had Bradley Beal and John Wall, all of a sudden that kind of creates a cool storyline going forward. I, I would have put in Bradley Beal. I yeah, think that I you, can't, 
you can't really reward Carmelo for what he's done this season, especially when the Knicks are this bad and, and it's just, it's an ugly, ugly, ugly thing to watch. It's happening there in New York. So yeah, it's not pretty. Speaking of the all-star game, Greg, we're going to do a couple of uh, predictions for the, uh, for the entire thing here. Um, And the all-star weekend starts this Friday. Um, with the all-star celebrity game and the rising stars challenge and all that kind of stuff. But we don't care about any of that, Greg. No, we care about Saturday night. We care about Saturday night because that's what, yeah, we barely care about Sunday night. I think that we should still pick the all-star game to be totally honest with you. We can. Um, We're picking the all-star game. I've decided mid mid podcast. I've decided. Wow. Fine. Executive decision. Executive decision. Um, but we want to pick the, the, the fun parts, Greg, Saturday night. We want to pick all of, the, uh, all of the events that people go on. And we start with – I'm not going to uh, – I hate that they, that they have these, you know, like sponsored as much as they do. But we're starting with the Taco Bell <laughs> Skills Challenge. Hey, the Taco you Bell Skills Taco Challenge. Bell too, by the way. You know that? Yeah, exactly. Uh, wait, what's that? You can get married now at Taco Bell? You get married you at Taco this? Bell? Yeah, Taco Bell in like Las Vegas just came out saying you can actually have your wedding ceremony at their Taco Bell. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Exactly. Um, so keep that in mind, James, in the future. I will. Um, I really like this. Uh, I really like this. Um, this challenge this year because Greg, the skills challenge specifically uh, is typically a dribbling, like passing, shooting challenge. Um, and it, it's, it's a speed thing and, and you're gonna, it's a, it's an eight player field and, uh, they, they're paired and they go head to head and then the four winners, they go to the second round where they do head to head and then they go to the finalists or whatnot. But it's, it's always point guards mostly like it's your Tony Parker's, it's uh, your Chris Paul's, it's, it's all the guys this year. What they did was they've actually, uh, kind of broken it up. They've done four, um, quote-unquote smalls or wings and then they did four bigs and i love that yeah i think they've had a big or two every once in a while be in it but this year i feel like they've got made sure they fully embrace the big guys that are actually gonna partake well i think that this is a really cool thing because it's really kind of speaking to where the league is going you want a big guy who's versatile who can shoot from the wing who can make really good passes who who can kind of you know, handle the ball if he needs to. And all the bigs that they chose are pretty good. You know, I guess now Embiid's out, so it's tough to really kind of do that. But still, I think that's really cool. So the the um, participants this year, Devin Booker from the Suns, probably the best 20-year-old in the league right now, or maybe 19-year-old or however old he is, or close to it at least. DeMarcus Cousins from the Kings, Anthony Davis from the Pelicans, Gordon Hayward from the Jazz, Nikola Jokic uh, from the Nuggets is re- is re- Jokic is replacing uh, Joel Embiid, which is pretty sad. Yeah. Chris uh, Daps Porzingis from the Knicks, Isaiah Thomas from the Celtics, and John Wall from the Wizards. So, Greg, um, who do you have winning the NBA skills competition? Well, James, uh, so am I picking? A, I'm going to pick a big guy and a little guy at least to make it to the finals because I think that's sure. how it's basically going to get matched up. I think it's going to be bigs versus bigs, littles versus littles until the end. Uh, I'm going to go John Wall for the little guys. I mean, we've seen the passes he can make. You know, a bounce pass shouldn't be that hard for him in uh, making those shots. So I'm going to go with him for the little guys. And then I'm going to go with the hometown guy, Anthony Davis, the brow, to represent the big men. 
And coming out of it, I'm going to go with the brow again just because I think the hometown crowd's going to get him motivated. Greg, that feels to me like picking the one seeds in the NCAA tournament. You know what? I don't care. Both Kentucky guys. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with, um, of course, for the Littles, I'm going to go with Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, hometown uh, choice. I think that he, uh, if you've watched anything with him, he his passing is, is underrated. He's an unbelievable playmaker, and he and uh, and the dribbling competition. I don't think um, maybe besides John Wall and maybe besides Chris Paul, there's no one who's better at getting to wherever the hell he wants on the court and inside the paint than Isaiah. Isaiah is so fun to watch because he's so small and he can just kind of like sneak his way into the paint and kind of he's already serpentining, dribbling around big guys anyway. So I think that he's gonna do really well there. Um, so I'm going with Isaiah Thomas, and then with the uh, with the bigs, I'm gonna go Porzingis, man. I love me Porzingis. Yeah, it was hard not to go with him, but you know, I felt the hometown hometown energy was gonna be too much. You're probably smart. I think that Demarcus Cousins is a really good pick as well, but I'm going with Porzingis. And I'm gonna go with Isaiah Thomas winning the whole thing. I think Isaiah Thomas is gonna have himself quite the uh, quite the weekend here. So uh, I'm gonna go with him. All right. Um, okay, cool. Now we're talking, uh, next up, um, this is a fun one too. It's the JBL three point contest. <laughs> yeah, we got that. I, I love, uh, all these sponsor names. It doesn't add such a nice ring to all these competitions. The three point yeah, contest definitely. is always fun to watch just because usually they have somebody in it that shouldn't be, but they don't seem to have that this year unless you count Swaggy P. Um, the participants this year are Clay Thompson of the Warriors. Cause obviously you got to have one warrior in there. Kyle Lowry, Raptors, Eric Gordon. I don't even know who he's playing with at this point. I forget every time. Uh, you got Kyrie, Kemba Walker, Swaggy P. That's going to be the guy, I think, to watch. CJ McCollum from the Trailblazers. And Wesley Matthews, who I still believe is with the Mavericks. Those are your participants, James. <laughs> Who's your choice? Um, it's going to be a boring one for me, Greg, but, uh, he won last year. I think he's going to win. I think he's going to hold his, his title this year. And, uh, it's going to be Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson is the best shooter in this bunch. Um, probably the second best shooter in the league behind his teammate, Steph Curry, or maybe even third best behind his other teammate, Kevin Durant. (laughs) Um, I really think that Clay Thompson, uh, it, it depends, right? So, you know, you, we've seen Clay get into like out of body experiences, uh, when he's shooting. Um, so I think that that'll be interesting. I think as a sheer, as a sheer, um, competition thing, I think that, uh, you know, Kyrie Irving is going to put up a show, but I, I think that it'll be Clay Thompson at the end of the day. All right. I can respect that pick kind of. It's like going with the number one seed, James. That's all I'm going to say. It's like going with the number one seed. Uh, my pick, I'm going to go first. All I can hope for, I don't think Swaggy P is going to win. All I can hope for is while he's doing his shooting, they put on Iggy Azalea just to you know mess with him as much as possible. That would be the best thing for me. Okay. <laughs> but, well, because did you see, uh, I forget where he was. They were playing one game and they put on like Iggy Azalea like every time he touched the ball and like, he had a terrible game. Yeah, I forget. It's probably uh, it's probably appropriate. But uh, I'm gonna go with Kemba, Kemba Walker as my three point champ, mainly because I saw what he did in college at UConn. He has that big moment type shooting ability. I think if he gets going, he can uh, just completely dominate. And I'm hoping if anything, it's him versus Clay in the finals. And to win it, he does a fadeaway three point shot. 
This one is um, is an interesting one to me. I think it's the one to watch specifically because every single one of these guys seems like a psychopath competitor. <laughs> like <laughs> except, for, except for Nick Young, but like Kyle Lowry, Kemba Walker, um, you know, even McCullen is a pretty competitive guy. Clay Thompson. I mean, um, I, I think that these, all these guys are super, super competitive. So I, I think that that's going to be a fun one to watch. Um, Okay, and then finally that night we have usually what's the crown jewel, but I, I'm not I'm not as excited about this one. Greg. It hasn't been that the past few years. Let's be honest. Well, last year's was pretty good. Last but let's year's talk was good, about it. but let's talk about it. It's a 2017 Verizon Slam Dunk uh, contest. Uh, the participants this year, Greg, Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon from the Magic, DeAndre Jordan from the Clippers, Glenn Robinson from the Pacers, and Derek Jones from the Suns. Hey, let's be specific. Glenn Robinson the third. His dad's not coming back on the court. All right. Well, let's be even more specific. Derek Jones Jr. from the Suns. Yeah. Okay. Um, last year's particip- or last year's winner, the back-to-back winner, Zach Levine, um, won in a row, but he will. Uh, he's not coming to do the three-peat this year, Greg. No, and he made that decision before he hurt his knee. So yeah, we should specify that he was not going to go for the three peat no matter True. what. I thought that last year's was actually excellent because I think that Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon put on an absolute show. I think I remember Aaron Gordon's dunks more than I remember Zach Levine's because Aaron Gordon, I think, is a, is at the end of the day going to is the end of the day is a better athlete. Um, I'm not as excited about this year's ones, Greg. No, uh, I don't think anybody is. People pretty much yeah, have already so, assumed Aaron Gordon's going to win. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, no offense, you're a big guy, uh, so you're automatically not going to win because DeAndre Jordan strikes me as a guy who's going to do like a lot of props. Like I feel like yeah. there's going to be a ton of props in DeAndre's dunks. It's going to be just a lot of alley oops. I feel like because that's the only time I feel like he actually can get height on his dunks and make them more thunderous and more impressive. Yeah, it's going to be kind of like Dwight Howard's dunks, except less exciting. Yeah, like I don't think he's going to be blowing out a cupcake or whatever like Dwight did. Yeah. Um uh, my pick for this for this uh contest, Greg, is Derek Jones because I think that when you have someone who's in the dunk contest who doesn't even play, <laughs> who he's like, like a D-leaguer. <laughs> yeah, exactly, but they called him up to be in the dunk contest, that like that's that's someone to watch. Yeah. This guy is in the league to be in the dunk contest. So, I mean, this is his Super Bowl right here. You know, he's not going to be playing for the Suns. He's not going to be competing for a championship. I mean, for the, in fairness, neither any of these guys, but um, at <laughs> wow. least all these other guys are already out of it. Yeah, this this guy is uh, this guy's here to win the dunk contest, and I think that he will. So, I'm going with Derek Jones Jr. for the well, winner of this year's dunk contest. I, I uh, completely agree with you because, yeah, Aaron Gordon's the odds-on favorite. He's the easy pick. But you go with the guy that they always have to reference his college instead of his actual NBA career. They're always like, Derek Jones Jr., you remember him from his UNLV days when he was a dunking machine. And you're like, all right, <laughs> you have nothing to tell us about his NBA career. So, therefore, I know he has to be amazing at dunking for the sheer fact yeah. that he's like, go check out his tapes from college because right. we don't really record the D-League. So I'm going with him too, just because I feel like this is his moment to shine and get his name out there. And if he does nothing else in his career, he's just going to be called back to defend his title every single year for the dunk championship. Yeah. Yeah. Derek Jones, uh, good pick. And that's, uh, that's that for the NBA Saturday night. And uh, since we're here, Greg, I think that we should not only pick the winner, 
of the 66th NBA All-Star Game, but also the MVP of the All-Star Game. All right, these are going to be throwing in some wrinkles. It's just going to be it's going to be some sad scores that we're going to throw out there. I don't the, know what you're talking about, Greg. This is, this the All-Star Game, no defense is played, so your guess is going to be as good as mine. Uh, who do you got winning the All-Star Game, Greg? Uh, I'm going to go with the East just because I feel like they haven't won a lot over the past 10 years. It always seems to be the West dominates. So I'm going to go East upsets because, you know, they've been playing pretty hot as of late, especially their top guys. I'm going to go East takes it 167 to 153. Okay. And your MVP is going to be – I'm going to go Isaiah Thomas. I think he's going to put on a show. I can't believe that you just – you just did that and stepped all over my toes because yeah, it's exactly what I was gonna do. And now it's been now I'm literally changing it right now because you 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 just hijacked. I wanted to do that pick. so bad. Thanks for That's, letting me go first. Uh, I can't believe that this is a this is this is all backfiring on me. I, I, this is this will teach me to to introduce a segment mid podcast. Yeah, this is um, this is my payback. Thanks. All right. Well, I'm gonna go with the <laughs> fuck. Um, <laughs> All right, I'm going to go with the West. I'm going to go with the West to win. And I'm going to go with the MVP of Boogie Cousins. I'm going to Marcus. I think that he's just going to put on a lot of dunks. Uh, I think he's going to make some threes. Uh, I think that it'll be really fun. So I'm going with – hold on, let me just double-check to make sure he's playing. (laughs) I think he is. Um, maybe throwing a technical in the middle of the game somewhere just for like refs having fun. Um, Greg just vamp for a second here. Hold on one second. Let's see. Who's the All Star team? Oh, that doesn't have it. Let's see here, Greg. I told you to vamp for a second. What are you doing? Uh, sorry. Uh, Derek. Uh, Demarcus Cousins definitely actually is on the All Star team. I don't think. Did you not realize this? He's one of the main like players. He's not starting. No, he's not starting. Doesn't matter though. In the All Star game, starters don't play for that long. That's like saying like know, in the ML- right, right. All Star okay. game that the okay. starters have to get MVP. It's not going to happen. All right, all right, all right. We're doing then fine. Well, so yes, uh, Demarcus, Demarcus Cousins. Don't worry, Demarcus I can, Cousins I can edit all that part where I didn't do my job out. Good. Why don't we edit this entire thing out? Um, I liked it. I felt good. I, I like my Isaiah Thomas pick. I'm not cutting that. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Oh, there's also an NBA three, three on three game that's happening. You know about this? Yeah. It's like the four best amateurs and then Kyrie and Russ are playing or something like that. Yeah. It'd be pretty cool. I, I don't know enough about it to pick anything about it, but I uh, yeah. also watch for that at the NBA uh, all-star weekend. I'll go team Russ just because he's going to hog the ball. Yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. That was our uh, conversation about the NBA and the All-Star game. That went really well, Greg. I'm proud yeah, of that. State, state of the NBA, I think, is what you wanted to call it. State of the Union NBA. Yeah, why not? Um, yeah. right. Cool, man. Let's move now, on. We're going to move have... on to MLB. No, we're going to get to the MLB first. You know, got a few uh, things right. to talk there. Yep. Okay, shoot. Spring training, starting up. Pitchers, catchers reported. So, you know, it's a good time in life, especially yeah. living in the Northeast with all the snow. It's nice to think about warm weather. <laughs> so baseball's yeah. back, James, and you know we're just going to talk about a few quick things. I just want to get your thoughts on some of these things that have come out recently. MLB, you know, stuff that's going to happen. You haven't so prepped me for any of this, by the way. So I, this no, is the quick I've not. This is it's. I know it's fantastic. I, if you need to, have a few drinks. <laughs> uh, so first, 
MLB is introducing a new extra inning rule. They're going to put it in the minors. Yeah. Because the MLB is obsessed with speeding up the game. It's they got to come to terms. That's probably never going to happen. You're never going to get a two-hour baseball game unless you change it from nine innings to seven innings, which not going to happen because that just completely ruins the game. But so the new rule is going to be for the extra innings, starting right away, you put a guy on second base. So essentially it would be whoever was up last for you automatically gets to stand on second base, and then you start inning same way. So, you know, basically the goal is to try to get the game to end at least in one inning, maybe two at most. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's something that could actually work. No, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I mean, I think that this is just, uh, I think it's the worst. I mean, I don't know. Like this is, this. it's, it's just, it's, it's everything that's wrong with what baseball is doing. See, baseball is, uh, baseball is a great sport. And I think that it's got a built-in fan base. It's got this weird thing with the fact that it needs to be a lot faster. And I think that, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a summer sport, you know, no one's doing anything. Like I feel like for a lot of these games, I think that you just kind of, I think you just lean into how long it takes. Like, why would you make it, why would you try to speed up extra innings? Just lean into it. Like what I think that they should do is, is focus on making it more entertaining in game to take up a lot of these time, a lot of this time. Like, why don't you get like, why don't you get like, you know, comedians or something like that to do like the play by play, you know, rather than like stodgy baseball guys. Why don't you turn it into like a talk show, like involved in, in, you know, in, in baseball rather than like these guys who are kind of just doing the play by play. Like, I think that that would be pretty, pretty interesting. I think that with, yeah, I mean, with, with sort of not, maybe not necessarily, but like with the right, I mean like with the rise of like podcasts and streaming and all this kind of stuff, like, like you, we, there, there's a market for watching interesting personalities or listening to interesting personalities. Um, like, watch stuff. You know, it's like a shared experience. I think that that's what you should be doing for baseball, rather than trying to speed the game up. You're not going to speed the game up. And I actually, uh, I heard a really interesting point about this. So basketball is speeding the game up because the advanced statistics are telling you that that is the way to do it. And it's making the game a little bit more exciting. Advanced statistics in basketball are telling you that if you throw the ball into the post and waste a bunch of sec, uh, you know, valuable seconds off the shot clock and watch a guy dribble for a few seconds, you, it's not going to be that beneficial for your team and you'd have a much less chance of getting points in that situation. Whereas if you push the pace, get shots close to the rim and three-pointers, uh, that's pushing the pace and that, and, and according to the statistics, increases your odds of winning. In baseball, the advanced statistics tell you that you need to slow the game down that you need to take as many pitches as possible, that you need that walks are super valuable, that you need to drive up the pitch count of the starting pitcher and get him out of the game to get to the relievers so you have better chance for you know offensive explosion. So the the natural statistics of the game indicate where the game is going to go. So you can either lean into that or you can do what baseball does, which is kind of just throw out arbitrary rules that might speed up the game a little bit. And I just, I hate it. I don't like it. I'm, I'm so proud of you right now. I don't think you realize throwing those advanced statistics out with baseball and how, how the game should be played. It, it warmed my heart, James. It really made me feel good. No, I'm proud. I'm, I'm happy that I can uh, help you, you out you've there. You've come Greg. so far since last year. <laughs> but, I'm a baseball fan too. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're absolutely right. It's a terrible idea for the game. I mean, putting somebody on second, it's, 
you you take away these moments that could potentially lead to great things happening. Like every person in Massachusetts, Northeast, New England remembers when David Roberts stole second base to, you know, get into scoring position, which led to a hit that scored him to, you know, beat the Yankees and the ALCS and force like game five or six or whatever it was. Like you can't take those potential memorable moments away because you're putting somebody automatically at second base. And basically it's a bunt and a grounder to get them home, essentially. Like, no. Make them play the game how they always played it. Don't change it. If you really need to, figure out how to get the pitchers to, you know, move slightly faster, five seconds quicker, whatever it is. Like, maybe do one less commercial break. Don't give them two minutes to warm up between innings. Give them a minute and a half. Like, I love like that. the I love the idea of a shot clock on the pitcher. Yeah, like, like I don't mind thing. that, but like no, you can't. The you extra can't just, inning thing is dumb. Like you, I mean, I, I realize that that does kind of cut some of the tension of of the game a little bit when there's someone on base. But like, uh, you know, reduce the amount of times that they're over, they're able, they're allowed to throw over to the base. Uh, reduce the amount of time that it takes for them to pick a pitch. You know, like you get ten seconds to pitch the ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's that's a rule I can get behind. Yeah. Um. It, I. It, but putting an arbitrary runner on second base is so frustrating to me. And like, I think that like, like, like people can kind of say, oh, that's akin to starting an NFL game from the 35 yard line. But I dis or like an overtime. But I disagree because I think that that at least like the NFL lends itself to that sort of thing. Baseball does not lend itself to that sort no, of thing. It, does not. it is so hard to get a runner on second base that I don't think that you should just give it to somebody because you want the overtime to end quicker. I think that you got to earn it. Not only that, if you're paying a guy $20 million a year or whatever it is, you're paying these guys ridiculous amounts of money. Like if you have a top of the line closer, say you have a Raldis Chapman, one of the best closers in the game, you're putting a guy at second base automatically against him. If that guy scores, that should not affect his ERA because he had nothing to do with the guy getting there. He didn't earn the run. Like it wasn't something that he did wrong. It was the MLB being like, I just want the game to move faster, so let's try this out. I hate this idea. Yeah, I really do. I really hate it. All right, so we both agree. Uh, Manfred, uh, if you're listening, dumb idea. You shouldn't do it. Yeah. All All right, right, Greg, you want to end with a segment? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so that was our MLB talk. I mean, we'll get it into the World Baseball Classic as it gets closer. Will we? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be live baseball. It's going to be fun stuff. If you insist. I mean, come on. World Baseball Classic, I actually enjoy it. I think it's interesting and fun to watch. Right, because it's there. guys playing it's like the baseball olympics because they took baseball out of the olympics you just do you take the lead on that one then greg i will i will and you will actually enjoy it james so you know what let's just move on i'm done talking <laughs> about this so yeah new segment um i have a clever name for it and everything uh, yeah. i'm very proud of this uh so it's gonna be called rumor has it So thanks for that great intro by Adele. I think it's fantastic. You can judge me all you want. I don't care. I will. All right. So (laughs) what we're going to do is we're going to take rumors, like one rumor that I've heard each league. Uh, So NFL, NBA, MLB, because nobody cares about the NHL. Um, Golf doesn't really have that many rumors happening unless it's about Tiger Woods. Right. So we're going to go down to the three leagues. I want your opinions. I'll give my opinions. But some things I've heard. Interesting. It doesn't have to necessarily even do with anything on the actual field. It could be off the field, all of that. So, James, first one's going to be close to home. The NFL rumor of the week. Rumor has it, Tom Brady's life will be turned into a book 
and a movie. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think that this is a fantastic idea in a lot of respects. Um, it's clearly a uh, a story that's worth telling again and again and again and again. Um, you know, he's uh, the greatest player to ever live. The problem is, Greg, that I don't think that Hollywood has uh, a person, a personality, uh, you know, a, a an actor with the charisma, the looks, the talent, the success um, that that Tom Brady has. Portraying Tom Brady um, is is just going to be a little bit too challenging for your your standard Hollywood actor, and I just don't think that they have the capability of this. So, uh, you know, that's my only criticism right now. I just don't think that they have it in them to produce someone, you know, with the capability to capture. You know what truly is the you know the who truly is the greatest athlete to ever uh, you know bless this planet. So uh, right. that's my only that's my only criticism. Weeding through all that bullshit you just put out there about how this is a great idea. It's not a great idea. <laughs> I get it. He was 199th pick in the draft. He's he won was. five Super Bowl championships. Fantastic. Great job. Thank how you. are you going to put that into a movie? Like, are you going to start with his childhood? Tom Brady grew up in a upscale middle class household in California where it was sunny all the time. Then he had the hard, grueling challenge of getting a football scholarship to the University of Michigan and playing for them before he got drafted into the NFL, where only like 1% of anybody that ever plays college football gets to go to. Woe is Tom. Oh, by the way, did we mention? He got married to a supermodel. Tough life this guy's had. So, like, first off, not that great of a story. Yeah, cool. Like, guys had, like, one of the best lives you could probably imagine happening. People don't want to see that. They get enough of it as it is from the real life news and ESPN and all that stuff. I get it all the time living up here. But if they do make this movie, I think you're wrong. There is one person that can play him. And I think you're forgetting about a movie. Remember the Titans. Guy's name was Sunshine. I think he could play a spot on Tom Brady. I thought you were going to say I don't know his name. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hell of an actor. But age-wise, I think he's a little off. And uh, no, I think yeah. that you're. I think you're missing a. Uh, I think you're missing the actual person from Remember the Titans that would probably play him, and that's Gosling. Um, but I don't think that Gosling has it. I think that a young Brad Pitt could potentially have done it because the jaw lines are similar. Um, but I, I, I just, uh, I don't see it, Greg. I don't see it. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, I mean, I'm not going to rule anything out. I'm always going to be first in line to see this. Probably see it the night of. And I'm definitely Mark Wahlberg might get some, uh, you know, like leg transplants no, no, to make no. him a little taller. No, no, no. Mark, Mark Wahlberg's out of contention now that he left the Super Bowl early. Ooh. Maybe, um, uh, maybe, maybe his brother. All right. All right. Uh, second rumor, so, Greg. Next rumor. Uh, NBA. This one may have been confirmed, but I've heard it all week that it's potential. It's another movie idea, James. Yeah. For the NBA, they're going to make an Uncle Drew movie with Kyrie Irving starring of his character they came up with. Good idea or not? Bad idea, Greg. Um, hard pass on Uncle Drew movie for me. Um, first of all, I think that Kyrie Irving's commercials were, were kind of cute and fun when they first came out. Uh, I like them. I like the idea of, uh, of NBA players dressing up like old people and schooling people on the basketball court. That's a fun, that's a fun viral clip idea. A movie, it it is not. No, it's just not a movie. No, I, I don't, I don't care. And Uncle and Kyrie Irving's voice was so annoying in that in those commercials that 
two hours of that, um, they, they, it sounds like there could be nothing worse. Even an hour and a half of that. I don't know how you make it that long. I feel like it would be a very bad version of White Man Can't Jump. The problem is that NBA NBA players want to be actors and rappers, and then actors and rappers want to be NBA players. You know what I mean? Like it's like sad. It's a thing. Like they always, it's the grass is always greener, and I don't think that they should. Just stay in your lane. If you want to make Uncle Drew videos, great, do it, but do not make uh, an Uncle Drew movie, um, please. I beg you. No, it has to be either a serious NBA movie like basketball movie like Hoosiers or uh, Coach Carter. Those ones are good for basketball. But if you're going to go with like this fun type of way, unless it's Space Jam, I don't think it works. Yeah, exactly. I think that Space Jam is Space Jam while being a fantastic uh, nostalgia movie is one of the worst things that ever happened to the basketball world because basketball <laughs> players now all of a sudden think that they can all act and it'll totally work out. And if you yeah. watch Space Jam again, Michael Jordan is not exactly the best. I mean, he, he's not freaking like, you know, I don't even know who's, who's the best actor right now. He's not Daniel Day-Lewis out there. You know what I mean? Like, he's, <laughs> it's, it's not great. So He can't even method act his own sport. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I think that NBA players and athletes as a whole really should just stop starring in movies. You're not a movie star. You're, no, you're an athlete. Not, not That's many okay. Can, uh, pull it off, at least from you know? what I know. Uh, but all right, last one. We're actually going to get into an actual sports, like not movie related rumor. Yeah, we're going to go to the MLB world. So rumor has it, the New York Mets, one of the best rotations in the league. Yeah. Very young rotation. Rumor has it, they are in no rush right now to sign any other young star starting pitchers, including Matt Harvey, who has one year left on his contract. He's a free agent after the 2018 season. Uh, then they have Noah Syndergaard, Thor, Steven Matz, Jacob deGrom, and Zach Wheeler, all for three more years. But the idea would be get them done now when they're going be, to be cheaper than potentially in the future when you have no way of keeping them on your staff. So do you think the rumor that the Mets have no rush to sign these guys is a smart move? Or do you think they should probably you know, maybe think about actually getting these guys on the books sooner than later? I think that baseball is one of those, especially with the with these pitchers, is one of those sports where just I think that anytime you give an enormous contract to somebody who's not named Mike Trout, it's a it's a bad move. And I think that's the thing with baseball is like the the performance year to year of of players it, it varies so much, and, and pitchers are a lot, a lot of the time like a, a flash in the pan sort of that it's tough for me to justify you know, giving a ton of money to people. Matt Harvey as well has already also been hurt pretty significantly. Like, I guess it's one thing if you're like giving it to Syndergaard. I think that he's someone you should resign. But as a whole, spending a ton, a ton of money on your top end rotation and not having a lot of money to spend anywhere else uh, is is not a great business practice. Uh, you know, like, what would Bill Belichick do? Bill Belichick would not give these people a lot of money. Um, he would probably, you know sign Cindergard if it worked out well for him. But other than that, you know, I, I think that this is an okay move from the Mets. I think that right now, you know, you have a couple of years, you have a window where you do have a really talented rotation um, and let's see what they can do. But all of a sudden they all turn, you know, 28, 29, you're going to give them a five-year deal and, you know, you're going to be screwed for the rest of, you know, for like the third year in that deal. I've seen it happen before. Yeah. Uh, so I think that this is a decent, I think this is a good idea from the Mets to hold off 
on showering people with money. This is the problem with teams that haven't had success in a while is you find a way to say, hey, I'm going to kind of throw money at something that is working and, and, and just kind of that'll, that'll be it and we'll have continued success. Whereas if, in order to build a team and build success, you have to constantly be thinking about what, where you can improve. And I think this is a good move from the Mets. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. If uh, Bill Belichick were the manager, coach, whatever he is of the Mets, uh, what he would do, James, actually, is pick up Brian Wilson, who's trying to come back as a knuckleballer, and in a year or two, he'd be the Cy Young winner for the third straight year because <laughs> somehow he would already get a year extra as a Cy Young winner because Bill Belichick just has that type of power. But So that's what Bill would do. Uh, the Mets, I think, are making a smart move. I don't see them actually signing Harvey back in general. Like you said, injuries have kind of piled up for him. You know, he had the Tommy John. He had other issues this past year. He had some, I forget exactly what the title was, but it affected his pitching, so he had to stop pitching again. I mean, when he's healthy, one of the best in the league, definitely. But I'm not paying a guy to start 20 games in three seasons for me. It's not going to happen. It's not smart moves. It's what's hurt the Mets in the past. Uh, You know, even their whole rotation is injury prone. Syndergaard's coming off injury. Uh... Steven Matz got hurt, Jacob deGrom, Zach Wheeler. All these guys got hurt at some point or another in the past year or so. So you really have to, at least for those four at the end, since you have them three more years, evaluate them over the next year or two, maybe halfway through their second season where you have one and a half like you know, years left of them, then maybe start talking. Get negotiations going. If they stayed healthy, if Syndergaard stayed, you know, on top of his game, has been able to you know consistently go out and dominate and do what he's been doing when he is healthy. Then start talking because maybe you save a few million in the long run, but only then because these caps, salary cap, you know, aren't going to be moving that much. And if you go over, you're going to be paying for them. And the Mets already have a few guys on their books that they're paying, and they haven't been playing for 10, 15 years. Yeah. So they got to be smart with their money, and I think. The rumor of them not wanting to, you know, rush and lock any of these guys up is actually a smart move. It's very anti-Met. So I think that's a good sign. Yeah, I agree. Cool, man. Good segment. We'll do that every once in a while if I find a good amount of rumors that we can throw in. Proud of you. Good job. Thank you. Pat myself on the back. There you go. Um, All right, man. I think that's it for everything today in the sports world. Anything else you want to end with? Uh, No, because, you know, Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather aren't going to fight. Yeah, I'll take a hard pass on that too if it ever happens. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for listening. Appreciate it. Go like us on all the requisite social media pages. um, Share us, everything like that. Leave some reviews, five-star rating, all that good stuff. Um, But until then, uh, see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your weekend, guys. See you next week. The Sports Sports Dance. Dance.